You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Friday, October um, 23rd. October 23rd. (laughs) Getting close to the end of October here. um, Getting close to Halloween. And most importantly, uh, getting close to some college basketball. So a lot of things to be excited about. um, Not only in the Big Ten, uh, across the country. Um, It's going to be a really fun uh college basketball season um i know that that's generally the case but uh i really am excited about uh this season particularly i think there there isn't a clear runaway team nationally um the big 10 there sort of appears to be one but you know wait and see approach i guess but um yeah we have a we have a fun a fun preview here today about a team that really is going to be one of the the most watched, most criticized, most analyzed teams in the Big Ten, and maybe the entire country. And that's that's Illinois, the Fighting Illini, um, a, a team and a program that really hasn't had the success that fans uh, have wanted the last couple of years. Um, John Gross has now been the head coach for three seasons. Uh, each season, the team has actually regressed. Uh, which is usually not a, uh, or I, you know, the last two years, the team has regressed. I, I, I should say, um, you know, their records gotten worse, their seeding in the postseason has gotten worse. Um, and, and really their relevance has gotten worse in, uh, each of the last two years, which is usually, excuse me, usually is not a great sign, um, <laughs> for a, uh, you know, a college basketball program, uh, a team, a coach, uh, you don't like to see that kind of stuff. But, you know, uh, that's reality for Illinois. Uh, they enter this year with, with plenty of talent, with depth. But unfortunately, uh, you know, due to some offseason attrition, due to some injuries, uh, really are they're going to have an uphill battle for a lot of the year. But they do look like a team that's capable of, of doing some damage. And if so, um, you know, maybe this is a start of a, a new era for John Gross, for Illinois, um, of success, I should say. But, um, but nonetheless, uh, let's, let's just jump into Illinois, uh, to help chat. We have, uh, we have Graham Hooten, uh, who's one of our writers, but also writes for the champagne room and also has his own blog called the gross report, uh, to cover Illinois. Uh, Graham, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Good. Excited to have you on. Excited to chat uh, about Illinois. Um, yeah. So I guess the, the the first thing here, um, uh, what what are your kind of your general per, uh, thoughts on the season coming up? Uh, general outlook on the team. Um, just how how does how does the fan base feel uh, coming into the season? You know, obviously there's a lot of frustration result, uh, surrounding the injury situation. Um, We've had uh, more than our fair share of injuries. If you look at LeBron Black, for example, he's 
take a look at Kendrick Nunn. He's out eight weeks with thumb injury. Tracy Abrams tore his ACL and is gone for a second straight entire season. Um, so that's obviously been a huge blow to morale um, and also to our personnel as well. Um, but there is some hope. We've got some uh, one of the top recruiting classes in the Big Ten coming in, uh, highlighted by Jalen Coleman-Land, who's at La uh, Lumiere High School in Indiana. Um, and guys like D.J. Williams out of Simeon and Aaron Jordan out of Plainfield um, really should add a boost as far as the Atlanta shooting goes this season. Um, so it should be interesting to see develop. Um, there's a lot of possibility as far as fluctuation, uh, where they're going to finish, um, but they're likely going to be in the middle to lower back of the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I think, um, you know, it, outside of maybe Michigan last year, I'm not sure a, a Big Ten team has been hit uh, much harder uh, by injuries. Um, and, and I guess, uh, you know, one other update to our podcast here, we also have uh, Grant uh, LeBaz on. Um, he also writes for the Champagne Room. He also writes for BC Powerhouse. Uh, Grant, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Um, we were just talking general, general perceptions, general fan base thoughts coming into this year. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on Illinois coming into this season? Yeah, I was listening to a little bit of what uh, Graham was saying and what you were saying, and uh, obviously it's been tough with injuries. I've seen a lot of jokes on Twitter about you know pianos falling on Illinois players and whatnot, and it it just seems like it couldn't <laughs> get much worse in terms of injuries so far, but. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of Illinois fans are trying to stay positive and look at it through the best light. Uh, we obviously have some good players coming in, and even though a lot are hurt, we only have one that's I guess, has a season-ending injury, and that's Tracy Abrams. Obviously, he went down earlier this summer. So even though we might start off the season a little bit uh, thin as far as players go with injuries, uh, I'm sure that as – players get healthy and get reintegrated into the system, um, you know, the team will start to build itself back up and should be looking more on the upside towards the end, middle of the season. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely in agreement. I, I, I think that's a, a pretty accurate take. I think it's just, you know, you know, can they survive the injuries early on? Um, because there is a lot of talent. Um, this is a roster I think some people are kind of acting like is devoid, but it definitely has talent up and down the roster. Um, but with that, uh, that talent, um, let's jump into the, the team itself here, um, starting with the backcourt. Uh, last season, coming into the year, it seemed to be maybe the team's strong suit, you know, Ravante Rice, Tracy Abrams. Abrams goes down for the year. Rice is kind of in and out of the lineup with injuries. Um, now Rice is gone and Abrams is out again. Um, and we'll start with Graham. Uh, what do you see out of the backcourt this year for Illinois? Um, it's interesting because it, again, should probably be the strong suit of the team. Uh, at point, um, Illinois has had the issues as far as recruiting and obviously retaining healthy players. So they bring in a three-star transfer out of LaSalle, Lewis. Um, he's a graduate transfer league eligibility remaining, and he's a true point guard, so not a, not a strong score. He's basically there to fill a year of eligibility for the Illini. Um, um, yeah a good deal of games at the point last season, especially in the second half after Mod Stark wasn't performing up to standards. Um, so look for Kate to take some pretty sizable jumps in his uh, looks like some sizable jumps in his game uh, this season. Um, in, as far as shooting guards, uh, Kent Nunn um, was projected to be the everyday starting shooting guard, but with him going down, um, you get a really interesting look to see who's going to be starting at that too. So there's the possibility that Jalen Coleman lands 
the both of them come back from injuries. You go Aaron Jordan, who's been shooter uh, in the preseason and uh, throughout his high school career. So it should be interesting to see if Gross chooses to play um, a combination of Tate and Nunn or if he'll play uh, Lewis and Jordan. But there'll be a, definitely a couple of uh, uh, interesting combinations. Um, I think we'll probably get to Malcolm Hill later, but he can kind of be considered a three guard um, playing the shooting guard slash small forward position. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely hit on Hill uh, in a little bit. Um, but Grant, uh, what what are your thoughts on the the backcourt this year? Um, obviously, as Grant mentioned, I think we'll see a lot of different lineups. One thing I'm interested to watch is uh, whether or not DJ Williams will play the point guard. Uh, he's a recruit coming out of high school, going to be a freshman this year. And even though he's six seven six eight and plays more of the power forward position, um, Gross in the Euro t- Euro Tour actually utilized him as the starting point guard for a couple games. So it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in the rotation with Tate and Khalid Lewis and whether or not, uh, you know, we get a starting point guard to find or if we just have guys rotating rotating in and out every game. I mean, last year we had uh, Tate and Starks basically share the role, and this year it might be more developed between three players. Uh, as far as the two position goes, I think we have uh, some good depth there. Kendrick Nunn, Aaron Jordan, uh, Jalen Coleman-Lance, Obviously, when everybody's healthy, it'll be a little bit more dangerous for Illinois. But as of right now, they're a little bit more limited. So, as Graham mentioned, more forced to uh, to play with options and figure out different starting lineups and, you know, basically seeing what works. Yeah, the, you know, and, and this is, you know, something we, we had actually talked about uh, on a podcast uh, this summer uh, for BT Powerhouse uh, is kind of this uh, – you know, this point guard issue, you know, once Abrams went out, it was kind of a massive question mark, uh, a lot of doubters, a lot of skepticism. Um, you know, they're bringing in uh, Khalid Lewis. They have Jalen Tate. Um, what happens if, if one of these players are not performing well and Illinois just doesn't seem to get the production? What, what in your opinion, is the backup plan? Is there a backup plan? Uh, who's going to move over and kind of take some of those minutes? Uh, and Graham, we'll start with you. You know, it should be interesting because there's a lot of depth, or at least a decent amount of combinations in the back. And works. Oh, I think I think you're breaking up there. Yeah, we'll hear me. Uh, yeah, we might come back to you, <laughs> um, Grant. Uh, okay, what, what's your perspective on this? Uh, you know, if if this uh, point guard position is not working out, um, I mean, obviously we don't have a lot of options, which is tough. Uh, Illinois is going to have to basically make do with what they have. Like I mentioned, I think there's probably three legitimate players that know how to play the point guard position: Khalid Lewis, Jalen Tate, and DJ Williams. Um, if all three of those were to fall through and nobody can really get it done, then I think we just start to look at some of the shooting guards and trying to transition them over. There was a lot of talk in the beginning of the uh, beginning of the off season about potentially training uh, Jalen Coleman Lands to play more of the one. He's traditionally a shooting guard, uh, and actually during the Euro Tour, Illinois was going to have him maybe start a game or two playing that point guard position just to see how he fit the system, try to get him a little bit of experience before the season started in case they actually did need him to play the point guard. But um, he did go down with a stress fracture injury. Again, right, theme of Illinois this year. But um, So he hasn't really had that chance in the off season to build and get minutes playing point guard. But he's somebody who I could definitely see rotating over and possibly getting some minutes at point guard just to see how it goes. 
he uh, and Aaron Jordan are definitely two players that probably will have to have some flexibility in the lineup, both incoming freshmen. Uh, we don't know exactly what they're capable yet, of yet, but, um, you know, given some time under John Gross, I could see them transitioning and rotating around in different positions. All right. Um, Graham, we'll see if, you're, uh, if your phone's working here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> Um, you know, John Grosh, as I was saying, he's traditionally run guard-centric offenses, um, and he's been very successful at that um, when he was at Ohio and uh, early on at Illinois, leading them to the NCAA tournament in 2013. Um, but because Illinois has had some struggles at point guard, it might be interesting to see if Gross tries to play some bigger lineups this year. Like Grant said, that can involve D.J. Williams at 6'7", playing the point guard. You get a guy like Kendrick Nunn, who's 6'3", playing um, shooting guard. You get Malcolm Hill playing the three spot at 6'6", six, six, and then throwing a Laron Black, who's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and a Mike Thorne Jr. at center, who's 6'11". Illinois has a lot of size to work with. Um, and while Illinois loses, Nana Egwu, uh, the biggest uh, defensive force um, that anchored down the paint for the Illini last season, Thorne is uh, a lot more uh, of an offensive threat for the Illini. So it should be interesting to see if Gross focuses more on working the ball into the paint this year rather than taking outside shots, even though the Illini do have a lot of talented shooters on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the one player I, I know Grant was talking about a little bit that I definitely think is a backup plan is Coleman Lands. Um, you know, obviously he's dealing with the injury, so there is some doubt and uncertainty about what he may be or what he can bring to the team. Um, you know, that aside, uh, you know, because obviously you know, we can't speculate on his injury too much just because we don't know, but um, – I definitely think, at least coming out of high school, that he has the handle, he has the ball skills to be able to play point guard. I don't think that's the position where he will thrive. That's his best position in college. But I definitely think he's good enough to play there. So, I mean, I, I do think there is a, an emergency plan, you know, for lack of a better word, um, you know, if Tate struggles or Lewis start, struggles um, and Illinois searching for a plan. But, um, but with that, uh, we'll move on to – Positional groups that might be a little more uh, <laughs> certain. Uh, the wing, the wing group. Uh, Malcolm Hill had a spectacular year last year, coming back. Some All Big Ten attention hype. Uh, not majorly, but his name has been brought up. Uh, Graham, uh, what what should we expect out of the wing group for Illinois this year? Right, like you said, Malcolm Hill is going to be um, pretty much leading this Illinois team this year. He averaged just over 14.2 points per game last season. Um, and obviously it was expected that Arivante Rice, a senior last year, was going to be leading the team. But when Rice went down for nine games with a wrist injury and subsequent suspension, Hill basically took over. Um, he scored, you know, 27 points or 28 points on Maryland, put 27 up on Penn State. Um, so Hill is basically going to be the offensive uh, force for the Illini this season. He's going to be their go-to guy. Um, as far as other wings go, it should be interesting to kind of see uh, – what they try and do, you've got Cameron List on the bench, who's uh, 6'6", and hasn't really um, performed much. He actually has one career point at Illinois, so expect him to be kind of riding the bench again this season. Um, but you've also got DJ Williams that you could c- consider a wing. Um, and Williams, like I said, he's 6'7", and he's been working on his jump shot a lot, um, and he has the potential to back up Hill um, in this in this Illinois system. Also, a borderline wing uh, forward you got is Michael Finke. He redshirted last season. Um, he's actually a hometown guy out of Champaign. And so Finke has developed a pretty sweet stroke. He's about 6'10", 
Um, so he's able to play that four uh, position, but also can play a three if the Illini want to try to work a bigger lineup. Um, and so Finky actually was named Illinois' most improved player last season by John Gross. And so it'll be interesting to see um, if he can perform at a high level once he is finally getting action in college. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I think it's going to revolve around Hill this year. Um, Grant, uh, what do you see out of the wing group? I think Graham hit it on hit on it pretty well when you mentioned most of the guys that will play wing or might be rotated into wing. Another player I might want to note who might not be more of a wing position but could be moving that direction is Leron Black. Uh, he's probably Illinois' true four this year at 6'8". Going to be a sophomore, uh, probably one of the most improved players from what seems like this past season to coming into this season, he had a really good performance in the European tour. Um, he's made tremendous strides off court and has really been working on, working on his game. Um, one thing that John Gross said last year was that by the end of his career, he expected Leron Black to uh, be a dominant three-point shooter as well as a, an inside player. Leron Black was one of uh, Illinois' best rebounders last year. In his first career start, he had a double-double. Um, so obviously he has the inside game down, but if he could stretch out – he does have a good mid-range game, but he doesn't quite technically have a three-point shot or the ability to work off the dribble. But if that's something that can work with his game, then he could be moved to more of a three, and we could see Mike Thorne, Mike Finke uh, playing the 4-5, so Illinois could support a little bit of a bigger lineup. Uh, that's something that he could be developing. I could see maybe a little bit down the road, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but Ron Black turning into sort of a Nigel Hayes-type player, being a really good rebounder and inside player his freshman year, but then gradually working back and having that outside game that can complement. Um, as far as Illinois' dominant wings, Graham mentioned Malcolm Hill. And it seems like at this point, right before the start of the season, Malcolm Hill is really who Illinois is relying upon. He's their leading scorer coming into this season. Uh, he improved by 10 points per game from his freshman to sophomore year, so obviously he's a huge asset for the program. Um, I think he's going to be the team leader, both vocally and skill-wise on the court. Uh, he's going to be one they look to for basically anything they need. The game-winning shot, uh, big plays, he's your guy. So I think he's going to be the strong win, dominant player that Illinois goes to all year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I think it's definitely going to be on Hill to kind of take that huge role and hopefully lead the offense as he did pretty well for a lot of games last year. Um, but moving on from the wings up to the front court and the big men, um, Graham, how do, how do you see things shaking out here? So Illinois, again, utilized the fifth-year transfer pretty heavily this offseason, um, and their biggest addition in that respect is um, Mike Thorne, Jr. He's a 6'11", 280-pound center out of Charlotte. He played there and he's coming for a final year as a graduate uh, student. And Thorne is, uh, like John Gross said on Media Day, a complete 180 degree uh, difference from uh, graduated Alina center Nana Egwu. And Egwu uh, was tall, skinny, 6'11", um, but was a defensive monster and he really anchored down the Alina paint on defense last season. Thorne, however, uh, needs to work on his defense, but is a very strong offensive threat. He averaged 10.2 points per game last season and a little over seven rebounds in Charlotte. Obviously, it'll be a lot different entering Big Ten play, um, coming into a Power 5 conference. Thorne should have a pretty large role to play in the Illinois front court this season, so it should be interesting to see how he develops, especially when battling against some of the bigger guys in the Big Ten, uh, guys like Diamond Stone and A.J. Hammond. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he holds up. 
As far as other front court, you've got um, Malcolm, or sorry, uh, Maverick Morgan uh, backing him up. Morgan's six ten. He's going to be a junior this year. Um, many Atlanta fans do not like Maverick Morgan. Uh, he's not a scoring threat. He averages uh, a significant amount of fouls per game, and so John Gross has been really trying to integrate him into the lineup over the past two seasons. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how many minutes he gets, especially when he's backing up. Um, Mike Thorne Jr. Um, then at the four position, like Grant was touching on, you've got uh, Leron Black. Black is coming off of a torn meniscus that apparently was torn um, sometime during the year last year, but was just recently recognized. And so he may miss a couple games to start the season, but he will be a key four um, for the Illini. He was a number 42 rated uh, recruit in the class of 2014, I believe, um, for Illinois. Um, came out of Memphis and he, he should uh, be developing a lot more this season. He's a prolific rebounder, but he has struggled with fouls in the past. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Gross can continue to develop his offensive game while also limiting the foul trouble that he gets into. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Thorne is definitely a huge addition. Um, expecting him to make some big contributions this year. Uh, Grant, how do you see the front court? Uh, you talk, you guys talk about. Uh, Mike Thorne Jr., it seems like he's almost the saving grace for the Illini front court this year. Um, after Nana Egwu graduated, it looked as if we wouldn't really have a dominant player to play down in the post at the five. Obviously, as Graham mentioned, you had Maverick Morgan, uh, but outside of that, it didn't look too promising. Um, at the beginning of the season, right when we, uh, right when Illinois added Thorne, it looked uh, as if Illinois' front court would be a little bit more dominant than it's going to be now, but that being said, Illinois still has a lot of weapons to work with. Obviously, Illinois lost the, uh, Darius Paul to the recent arrest on the Illinois' European tour. This was, was unfortunate for Illinois. They wasted three years of scholarships on him, and he didn't play a single game. He was supposed to be a 6A power forward, brother of Brandon Paul, former Illini who graduated. Uh, but now Illinois lost that asset as a four and now basically has to solely rely on Leron Black at that position with uh, Michael Finke or um, possibly Maverick Morgan switching over the four. Um, so obviously that's a tough loss. Also, um, uh, decided to transfer at the beginning of the year. So that didn't help matters either, considering uh, those were two guys that really would have provided some solid minutes uh, playing behind Mike Thorne and Leron Black. Um but obviously without those additions, Illinois has to work with what they've got. Mike Thorne, Maverick Morgan, uh, Leron Black, and Michael Finke will probably be the four guys we see um, playing four and five all year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Gross wants to implement the lineup because last year, towards the end of the year, or you know, uh, second half of the season, more or less, we had some lineups where we had Maverick Morgan and not Agu playing together, and we hadn't seen Gross really do that before. That was a 6'10 player and a 6'11 player playing side-by-side. And whether or not we see Gross want to go big with the lineup, play 6'10 Maverick Morgan next to 6'11 Mike Thorne, that could be an option that really gives the Illini a lot of size and power down low. And Illinois is going to have to play big ball and really get some buckets in the paint this year if they want to be dominant considering – the injuries and the problems they've had at the guard position, specifically point guard. Yeah, one of the interesting things for me uh, when I was doing my preview uh, for Illinois in the front court was that, um, you know, Agu, not the greatest big man, but definitely a good one and a really good defensive player inside. Yeah, 
Thorne is not going to be able to bring that defense to the table, at least, you know, from what we've seen so far. But one area I do think that, um, you know, some are glossing over is that Thorne is pretty good on the boards. Uh, You know, obviously competition a little bit different, you know, coming from Charlotte versus Illinois um, in the Big Ten. But but his rebounding numbers are pretty good. So I think that's a a spot where uh, Igu's loss won't be too huge. Um, And for an Illinois team trying to turn the page – Definitely not something to overlook. Uh, but but kind of moving on, I think we've talked about them all, um, but Illinois bringing in a very talented recruiting class this year and two uh, transfers. Um, what what do you expect out of this group, both short-term, long-term? Uh, who are the guys to watch? Um, and, uh, uh, Graham, I guess we'll start with you. Um, so, yeah, like we touched on a little bit earlier, Jalen Coleman lands is that that recruit that everybody's watching. He's number 34 in the ESPN class of 2015, and many expect him to be um, one of the one of the better shooters in the conference by the time he graduates. Um, he comes from a school that's a basketball powerhouse, and so obviously he's dealing with uh, an injury right now, a leg leg injury. Um, but down the road, he should definitely become a focal point of the Illinois offense um, for years to come. And many do expect him to stick around for four years. Um, but lost in that mix gets Aaron Jordan. And Aaron Jordan committed me as a junior in high school, but has really, really developed as a shooter over the past couple of years. Um, and so John Gross has also expressed his, uh, his, his amazement as far as how Jordan has developed as a shooter. He's demonstrated that on the European tour and then in preseason as well. Um, so he could really become one of those guys who can knock down from outside. Um, think of somebody like a Kendrick Nunn um, for years to come. As far as DJ Williams goes, um, definitely it should be interesting to see where Gross chooses to play him. Like Grant said, he's a guy who can uh, play multiple positions, but Gross is saying in his preseason press conference that he likes to teach freshmen to play only one position at a time. So I'd expect him to probably play the two or the three, um, but whatever Gross chooses to use him, uh, he'll, he'll likely be effective for years to come. And then you've got guys with just one year of eligibility in Khalid Lewis and Mike Thorne Jr. Um, so, uh, honestly, it's it's not too uh, difficult to say that you're not going to expect much out of Khalid Lewis. He averaged a little bit over four points per game with LaSalle last season. Um, but Malcolm Hill talked a little bit in media day about how he saw Khalid Lewis as kind of the dad of the family. Um, he's obviously the oldest player on the roster, um, but should bring a lot in vocal leadership. And that's something the Illini lack, especially when Tracy Abrams gone for a second straight season. Um, and then Thorne obviously will contribute on the boards and on the offensive end. Um, so that's that's kind of what I see. And, uh, Grant, what what do you see out of uh, the newcomers this year? I think, as Grant mentioned, I think the uh, biggest guy to watch is really Jalen Coleman Lands. Um, he's definitely the highest recruit that – ranking-wise on ESPN's ranking that John Gross has brought in in his tenure at Illinois. So that's something to watch, especially considering some of the guys that we've seen really progress, Kendrick Nunn and Malcolm Hill, um, in their class rankings were ranked below where Jalen Coleman lands is ranked now. So that's definitely a positive considering uh, John Gross has had some, I wouldn't say recruiting struggles, but definitely has missed out on some big recruits in the past. Um, it's definitely nice to have two Illinois guys stay in state. Obviously, they're not like the top Illinois guys uh, coming in for this high school, but Aaron Jordan and DJ Williams, as Graham mentioned, should be huge assets. Whether or not they make huge contributions this year still could be up in arms, but they're definitely some players that um, we could see really develop down the road, uh, especially at different positions. And that's what kind of nice for um, 
Illinois this year, Illinois freshmen this year at least, is that they'll definitely have plenty of playing time. There's no doubt that the three guys, Jalen Coleman-Land, Aaron Jordan, and DJ Williams, will see plenty of court time freshman year, which is great for a freshman because, um, as Malcolm Hill used to mention his freshman year, he always got nervous, um, didn't really play with that extra intensity as he did his sophomore year because um, because he got nervous and sort of lost that nerve and didn't know what it was like to play college-level basketball yet. And I think that's something that Jalen Coleman-Lands and Jordan and Williams should overcome pretty quickly because they'll have plenty of time playing on the court, plenty of experience, and quite frankly, some experience at different positions, whether or not Gross wants to kind of change up the lineup. Uh, talking about transfers, Khalid Lewis was a huge grab. Illinois was looking for that extra point guard. All off offseason, uh, they really missed out on Dylan, uh, Dylan Ennis, uh, the graduate transfer from Villanova, who decided over uh, – to go to Oregon over Illinois. He would have been a huge addition. Illinois missed out on uh, Marcus Lovett, an incoming freshman. And then Johnny Hill uh, from UT Arlington picked Purdue over Illinois. So obviously they missed out on some guys. Still, after Abrams' injury, got that last-minute transfer from LaSalle and Khalid Lewis. And even though his numbers aren't great, we have to keep in mind that, um, you know, Illinois doesn't have much besides that. Uh, If Khalid Lewis hadn't transferred to Illinois, We'd essentially have one true point guard on the roster, that's Jalen Tate. And Jalen Tate, he's been great with the ball. He's got a great assist-to-turnover ratio, almost 2-1 to one his freshman year. Um, he's been real solid. The only problem with him is that he can't shoot the ball at great numbers. I think he shot something like 8% from the three-point range last season, so that makes him a huge liability. For defenses, um, Khalid Lewis should add that extra kind of oomph on offense and on defense for them. Um whether or not he can shoot the ball and really get to the rack for Illinois will prove in time. We'll see just depending on how he adjusts in the different conference, but um, just having the extra man helps. And as we, we already talked a lot about Mike Thorne jr. But I think he was one of the uh, biggest additions that Illinois has acquired in a long time, maybe outside of Ravante rice. But um, I think that he, will really prove himself this year in the Big Ten Conference. He obviously has a lot of experience, four years playing college-level basketball. He has some good numbers at Charlotte. And you got to keep in mind, he was really a highly touted uh, transfer this offseason. Kentucky was looking at him, Kansas. I know some big schools uh, really wanted him to join up. And the fact that he's with uh, Illinois is really great for the Illinois program, and they'll definitely look to utilize him, especially with the loss of Nana Agler. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and I, I guess uh, spinning off of that and taking a step back to a more general approach, uh, back to this year, um, Illinois has a intriguing schedule this year. Um, personally, I am a massive fan of the schedule. I'm a big advocate of you schedule how your team is expected to perform, and I think for a bubble team, uh, not to get ahead of ourselves to the predictions already, but for a bubble-ish team, um, I think this is a really well-designed schedule. Uh, Notre Dame at home, you have Yale at home, uh, Providence on the road, um, maybe Iowa State or Virginia Tech um, in the Emerald Coast Classic. A lot of intriguing games, but nothing that looks too difficult. Um, Graham, uh, do you agree with that? And second, uh, what are your thoughts on the schedule? Yeah, so if you look at the non-conference schedule, uh, it's a pretty easy opener until you look at Providence. Um, obviously, the Big Ten, Big East Challenge is finally kicking off this year, and Providence has got a really solid team. Um, so that will definitely be a challenge for the Illini as they go on the road and try to get that W. 
Um, as far as other non-conference games, you look at Notre Dame on uh, December. That will be a really interesting. Illinois the State Farm Center. They've made a lot of renovations this off season, and so it finally reopens after Illinois is playing their first uh, regular five uh, games in Springfield, about an hour away from Champaign. Um, but December second will be the opener at their new stadium against Notre Dame in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So that will definitely um, be a fun game to watch. Um, as far as others go, you got the Bragging Rights game um, in St. Louis against Missouri. That's always a competitive one. As we saw last year, Avante Rice, when he hit that three-point shot, even though Missouri was not projected to be uh, great, it'll always be a tough game for the Illini. Um, and then you got that Emerald Coast Classic, like you said, over Thanksgiving. Um, and Illinois could run into some trouble when they face an Iowa State team that brings back George's and Yang. And, um, they've just got a really solid roster, so it should be interesting to see who Illinois encounters there. Keep in mind that in the Grunt John Gross era, Illinois has never lost in November, so that could be a nice advantage for the Fighting Illini. <laughs> interesting stat, interesting stat. Um, Grant, uh, what are your thoughts on the schedule? Do you think it's well-designed? Do you think it'll help Illinois? Um, what do you see at a non-conference? Um, I kind of disagree a little bit with what Graham was saying, that we sort of have an easy opener for Illinois. I think no game really in Illinois' uh, non-conference schedule is necessarily easy. I think there's uh, six or seven um, teams that were in the NCAA tournament last year that Illinois would just be facing alone in the non-conference schedule and then talk about the Big Ten schedule, and that's a whole different story. But um, the opener against North Florida and Springfield certainly won't be easy by any matters. Um, That was a team, if you remember, that – got past the first four and I think faced Kentucky last year in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, they're no pushover team. Uh, they're definitely somebody talking about a shaken Illinois team that will face some injuries its first game. Um, if you remember last season, Illinois really struggled in its home opener against Georgia Southern. That was a tough team last year. Um, and we could see that again with Illinois facing North Florida, a team that returns a lot of their good players. Um Second game against North Dakota State. That's another team that was in the NCAA tournament last year. Providence, obviously, in the NCAA tournament last year. Um, UAB was in the NCAA tournament last year. We'll, Illinois will face them. Obviously, the team that upset Iowa State. Iowa State would be a great match. Notre Dame was in the NCAA tournament last year. Yale probably should have been in the NCAA tournament last year. And uh, and then, obviously, the bragging rights game at the end of the schedule is never easy. So, uh, despite not having it, all these big-name schools that Illinois will be playing, obviously Notre Dame's a huge game. Um, Missouri's always tough, and if Illinois could face Iowa State, then that's that's a huge a huge opponent to go up against. But, um, you know, you can't, can't count out some of these mid-major schools that really could make a run at Illinois. And it always seems that every year there's one team that gives Illinois a scare. I remember a couple years ago it's been Gardner-Webb, um, it's been IPFW, um, Georgia Southern. There's been some tough, tough um, UIC a couple years back, I think, defeated Illinois at the United Center. So there's always that one team that could give Illinois a scare. So uh, those are games you can't overlook, especially when you're injured. Um, as far as the big games go, Notre Dame will be a huge one opening up the State Farm Center. Um, Iowa State in Niceville could be huge for Illinois to try to get a win there. Obviously, that's not too feasible, but, you know, could be a good matchup, and like I mentioned, the bragging rights game. Missouri is definitely not the team they used to be a couple of years ago. That being said, um, you know Illinois played them down to the buzzer last year, so definitely not an easy schedule. I would say maybe a little bit harder than last year as far as overall. Um, you don't have as many big games, but still tough schedule. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I do think it is a challenging schedule. Um, personally, I, I, I do think the one difference for me, though, is I, you know, so many of these teams that you're talking about, you know, like Yale, uh, you know, Chattanooga, UAB, some of these teams, you know, North Florida that are tricky, but um, I don't think they're tricky enough to take out Illinois, you know, barring the injury stuff, which we're not quite sure how that's going to shake out early on, but um, but they will serve as a resume boost. So I, I think this schedule is well set up. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see how Illinois performs on it because obviously it's going to have a huge uh, impact on whether they eventually make the NCAA tournament. Um, but but spinning on that, um, one of the questions I've been asking on these podcasts are uh, if there's a something that you think will be surprising uh, for your uh, the team uh, this season that you know the national media might not think, the fans might not think. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, upset a big team or a player to emerge or, um, you know, make a postseason tournament that they don't expect. Um, Graham, what, what's something surprising that you expect to see from Illinois that maybe others don't this year? Interesting that you asked that because Illinois is at a, at a weird crossroads right now as a program. Um, John Gross is obviously in a hot seat year hasn't made the NCAA tournament in the two uh, past two seasons. And obviously with the injuries this year, um, it should be interesting to see if they can deal with it and if John Gross is able to keep his job. Um, something I've kind of highlighted a little bit is the Illinois Northwestern game this year. Um, Northwestern's obviously a program that's on the rise. Uh, Chris Collins taken over in Evanston. He's done a great job with the program. And right now, Northwestern and Illinois are beginning to get into some recruiting battles. Um, Previously, it was always Illinois that owned the Chicagoland area as far as fruit. But with another Big Ten team, uh, you know, approaching on uh, their recruiting territory, it should be interesting. Guys like Barrett Benson out of Hensdale South for the class of 2016 um, chose Northwestern over Illinois. And in, in the past, it's something that hasn't happened. And so this is an in-state rivalry game uh, that could really be, um, you know, blow people out of the water as far as expectations. Um, to see Northwestern get a couple of those wins would be interesting, um, and I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. But Illinois also has the potential to be one of those surprise teams that gets to the top of the pack of the Big Ten. Just a couple of those big wins. If you remember, they took um, Michigan State down in Michigan uh, in East Lansing this past season, uh, and that's you know interesting considering Michigan State was a Final Four team. And so Illinois does have the potential to go on the road and win some pretty big games, um, but they also interesting ones if you look at the non-conference. Yeah, that was a, uh, a very surprising uh, win last year over Michigan State, so it'll be interesting to yeah. see if they can they can replicate it. Um, Grant, uh, what do you expect that might be surprising this year for Illinois? I actually think with all the speculation about um, injuries and um, not having a set roster, I actually do believe that Illinois will get back to the NCAA tournament this year. I think they do have what it takes. Um, I think what people start to lose focus on is that most of these injuries that Illinois is suffering will only last them through two or three weeks into the college basketball season. Um, by the time Illinois really starts facing some tough opponents, Illinois should have a full and healthy roster and should be able to get back at it. Um, all else equal, as long as Illinois stays healthy through the non-conference season, um, the conference season should be, they should have a fully loaded team and be ready to compete. Um, also one thing to mention, aside from Tracy Abrams, who, isn't even playing this year. This is the first full year with all of John Gross's recruits. So this is something we have yet to see. Obviously, um, Nana Agwu played under uh, Bruce Weber, and Bruce Weber was the one who recruited him. But I think that um, 
it's it's going to be interesting to see whether uh, you know this is essentially John Gross's first. Uh, he's had test years before, but this is the first year with just his recruits. So we'll see how that goes for them. Um, one interesting thing to note is that uh, a lot of people doubted Illinois this year for coming into this year because they lost guys like um, Ravante Rice, uh, Nana Egwu, but. One thing interesting to note is that Illinois played some of its uh, best basketball last year without Ravante Rice in the lineup. Um, I think in the eight games he missed, uh, they went six and two, and in that span they took down Michigan State, like you guys were mentioning, and they upset Maryland at home. So those were some of the biggest wins. And one of the interesting parts about losing a key player like that, you think all of a sudden, oh, no, we lost all of our scoring, but it does open up different options and gives different players different chances to score, like Malcolm Hill and Kendrick Nunn flourish during that time. And when you have two guys that can really uh, put the ball on the floor and make buckets and carry your team rather than one, it opens up new options and really, uh, you know, if one guy has a slump one night, the other guy can pick him up. And I feel like having that power duo will carry them into the postseason beyond uh, as we approach this college basketball season. Yeah, I, I think my my surprising note will be that Jalen Tate uh, hits ten percent of his three point shots. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah, tough. <laughs> had to get the troll out there. Um, no. Yeah, but um, but I I think you know personally you know just as a note before we get into the predictions here um, I think the key thing for Illinois is going to be Mike Thorne and whether. Illinois' backcourt can start getting more consistent penetration inside offensively. Um, you know, the big thing, uh, at least in my preview, that that you kind of notice when you look back at Illinois' season last year, the biggest trouble was the interior game. And if you actually look at how Illinois scored um, after Ravante Rice was injured, um, massively different. I mean, it, it just trended down uh, significantly. And I think if they had him, um, you know, obviously it's just hypothetical here, but I think if they had him, they probably do make the NCAA tournament last year. And, you know, if Mike Thorne can be a guy who can keep getting consistent uh, buckets inside, I think that's going to go a long way toward getting Illinois to the free throw line where they were great last year um, and getting some of those easier shots instead of having to rely on, you know, outside shots or things like that. But, but with that, uh, let's jump into the uh, the fun part here, the predictions, where we can all be wrong in a month. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Graham, uh, what are your predictions for Illinois? What should fans expect? Um, where do they fit in, in the Big Ten? And uh, um, do they make the NCAA tournament? I know Grant already answered that, but uh, what, do, what do you see this year? Most experts looking at Illinois at the beginning of the season see them as a kind of a bubble team. They can really go either way. Um, and so that'll include finishing middle of the pack in the Big Ten, and that's expe- that's what I expect them to do. They finished 9-9 nine and nine in the conference last season. Um, so I think that's easily replicable, um, especially with the talent they've got this season. But a couple wins up or wins down could definitely drastically change that picture. So I would project Illinois to finish about 7th in the Big Ten this season. Ahead of them, you've obviously got uh, Maryland, Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Indiana, Purdue, and then probably somebody like Iowa. Um, but it'll, you know, it has that potential to to really climb up in the Big Ten. Um, you know, last year we saw Big Ten really emerge as premier conference in college basketball, especially with two of their teams making the Final Four. And so 
you know, if Illinois does make that tournament as something like a uh, an 11 seed, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them pulling off that over a six seed and really make it into the round of 32, especially when with all their guys back from injuries. Um, and like I was talking about, with guys out for injuries um, in the beginning of the season, it really gives other guys the opportunity to step up. So that actually might be an advantage for Illinois down the line to have guys who have experience, who have minutes, um, and that are willing to really go out and play um, when the time counts. Yeah, um, Grant, you you already predicted an NCAA tournament berth, but uh, what do you see out of Illinois this year? Right, and I think the tough part was that I think last year was really Illinois' good shot at making the NCAA tournament as far as uh, the Big Ten Conference goes. The Big Ten wasn't as strong last year. You had the clear winner, Wisconsin, all the way, and you got had a couple guys competing. You had um, you had different teams falling off, like Michigan, due to injuries and uh, just rebuilding years, but. It's going to be a lot tougher for Illinois this year. Um, there's definitely a lot of hard games in the Big Ten slate of the conference uh, versus last year where you had somebody you could get by. Uh, I see Illinois in the non-conference schedule getting by with, I'm going to say, two losses. I'm going to say they lose a game at the Emerald Coast Classic to Iowa State, and I think they'll lose either the Notre Dame or Providence game. I don't think they'll lose both. I think they'll win one but lose the other. And I do see Illinois coming close in one of these games to North Florida or Yale or one of these good teams, but I see them holding strong and getting through the non-conference slate uh, with two two losses and a solid uh, slate of wins. I'd probably see them finishing seventh, maybe eighth in the Big Ten Conference. Um, the fact that I think they will get into the NCAA tournament resides in the fact that the Big Ten will be, I think, by far the strongest conference in college basketball this season. And we might even see eight teams get it from the conference get in, just depending on, uh, you know, how how much they beat up on the little guys and uh, how much how well they do in the non-conference slate of the schedule. Um, you could you definitely have teams like Maryland, Indiana, Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State, probably Wisconsin, maybe Iowa, uh, will all be competing with Illinois. And it just really comes down to those uh, those big games at home and some of those big road wins that you gotta you gotta get. Um, Illinois got. Michigan State on the road last year that was huge but couldn't close down the stretch uh and as you get closer and Illinois will certainly be a bubble team as as Illinois or as Graham mentioned uh but it really comes down to just winning those key games if Illinois last year had won uh you know as uh, assistant coach Dustin Ford mentioned uh they were 20 minutes away from an NCAA tournament berth uh when they blew a second half lead against Purdue it, it just really comes down to to those games and it comes down to guys with experience who can get it done and guys that have been there before and, you know, have that energy and drive to win. And I think Illinois has what it takes this year, especially if it's fully healthy. Um, it's just going to need to steal some games in the Big Ten Conference, get some good solid wins against good RPI teams, and they'll take it from there. Yeah, I, I think I'm a little bit lower than, than you two guys, but um... – uh, I, I see Illinois as kind of ninth or so in the Big Ten, um, which okay. again hopefully isn't hopefully isn't too disappointing. But um, I, uh, I I think the issue, you know, the big thing is, you know, as both of you have talked about, you know, the Big Ten is going to be loaded this year. I mean, you have teams where, uh, you know, just to use a Michigan for example, I know they had a rough year, but I mean, they have quality backups at like every position and they may finish fourth or fifth in the conference. You know, it, it's, it's really ridiculous uh, this year for the big 10. Um, I think right. that's the first thing. And then the, the second thing, um, I, 
you know, just by virtue of picking them ninth, I think just out of principle, I can't pick them for the NCAA tournament. Um, I do think they're going to be on that bubble. I definitely think they're going to be in consideration to the very end. It's just, I just can't imagine nine teams making it, you know, just generally. Right. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this is a team with talent. I think the injuries are going to hurt them a little bit at the end of the year. I have a feeling they're going to drop a non-conference game. They shouldn't just because they're a little thin. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that point guard position is going to come back to bite them in a few big right. 10 games this year, especially considering, you know, there are just so many talented point guards this year uh, in the big 10. Uh, you know, you have Trimble, right. Yogi Farrell, Derek Walton. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of great guys. I mean, even uh, McIntosh, when you were talking about Northwestern, um, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be tough for, uh, for that position, especially, but um you know, I, I do think this is a good team. I think it's a dangerous team. I definitely yeah. hesitated putting them at ninth just because they have a lot of talent. I just, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think they just they need that point guard to really, you know, put this lineup together. But, um, but nonetheless, um, think, oh, go ahead. I was gonna just, I was just gonna say, I think there's probably two. I, I can just think of two teams in the Big Ten that Illinois would probably have to. Uh, go head-to-head with or beat out if they really want that shot at the NCAA tournament. I feel like those teams are Iowa and Wisconsin coming into this year. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. those two maybe have the biggest question marks. Um, Wisconsin lost a ton. And, you know, Bo Ryan's never finished worse than fourth in the Big Ten. But I don't know if we could see that change this year. A lot of of young guns playing and a lot of guys that haven't had a lot of of experience. And Mm -hmm. I'm not positive. I think Illinois might play Wisconsin twice this year. But I, I'm pretty confident games. they did. They do just as yeah. I, I think they do. So those games I think will be huge because I think those will be two teams, Illinois and Wisconsin, that'll kind of be fighting it out for that six, seven, eight position in the middle of the pack, and head-to-head matchups where one team will come out over the other. Um, you know that could be that extra little push to bring you know that resume good enough to make it into the field. And I think Iowa is another team losing Aaron White. Mm-hmm. And they've always just kind of been on the border a little bit more middle of the pack on the upside of it the last couple of years, making the tournament two years in a row. Again, if Illinois could beat some of, beat a team like Iowa once or twice, obviously that kind of gives them the benefit of the doubt. Whether Once again, whether or not they can do that is still up in the air. I think Iowa's probably a little bit of a better team than Illinois, but I think it just comes mm-hmm. down to winning those key games and uh, you know, 40 minutes of basketball. That's all it takes, really. <laughs> oh yeah, and and that's one of the things you know I w- I was talking about in my preview you know when I was working on it today is that you know every team has a tough Big Ten schedule I don't think there's any getting around yeah. getting around that you know everybody has that this year but the thing about Illinois' schedule this year is it's challenging but they actually caught a lot of scheduling breaks in the Big Ten and yeah they did or, or at least projected uh you know at least you know in my projections because. You know, you talked about Wisconsin. You know, there are some people who have them ranked like 15th nationally, which personally I think is crazy. But, um, right. you know, there are people who think they're going to be really good. So, you know, that aside, but assuming they're not going to be that good, you know, they get a double play with Wisconsin. They get a double play with Ohio State. Um, they get uh, Iowa. They only play them once. They get them at home. You know, they, they've mm-hmm. avoided, you know, they don't double play Maryland. They don't double play mm-hmm. Michigan State. Um, right. I don't think they double play Michigan either. So, I mean, really a lot of these top end teams, yeah. uh, Oh yeah. They don't double play Purdue either. So, I mean, they've uh-huh. had a lot of breaks in that in right. the schedule, but at the same time though, you know, 
you still have to beat. You still got to beat Ohio State. You got to beat Wisconsin. And going on the road to Madison, as everyone knows, is very, very difficult uh, yes, to win. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in a sense, you know, they caught a lot of scheduling breaks, but um, on the other sense, you know, just like you were saying, you know, to to be the man, you got to beat the man, I guess, as the saying goes. Exactly. And uh, you know, they're going to have to take some of these what I would refer to as winnable Big Ten games, and really the biggest thing in my view is you got to take care of business against the lower teams. You got to beat up on Penn state. Mm-hmm. You got to beat up on Nebraska Rutgers, you know, games like that. But, um, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, I, I think we, uh, we got our Illinois preview here. Um, Graham, uh, any final thoughts on the big 10 Illinois, uh, before we let you go? No, I mean, it really should be an interesting year to watch. Illinois has got a very unique team this year. Lots of diversified talent, and especially being one of the younger teams, you know, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shapes up, especially this coming off season to see if uh, athletic director Mike Thomas chooses to extend John Gross or to, you know, hit the coaching market. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Grant, uh, any final thoughts? I'll just tell you, over here as an Illinois fan, I'm just waiting for Illinois to catch a break. Uh, you know, I, I play golf, and I, there's this idea of golf gods that if you, if you catch a bad break, you'll get a good run on the next hole. And, you know, I think the basketball gods really owe Illinois one or two at this point. So, uh, as a fan, I'm hoping maybe in the season uh, a game that'll be close will maybe go their way because of all these injuries and, you know, suspensions and whatnot. And, you know, I feel for growth at this point, but you you got to play basketball at this point, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you for both uh, joining us. I uh, had a lot of fun. Thanks. Awesome. No problem. Thanks, thank Thomas. you. <laughs> so, again, that was uh, that was Graham Hooten and uh, Grant Lebez. Uh, they write for BT Powerhouse. They write for Champagne Room. Uh, they also write for their own personal blog, uh, The Gross Report, uh, named after John Gross, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, Illinois, it's going to be a, a tough year, um, but they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of options, and, you know, if things go right, you know, they can finish pretty high in the Big Ten. Uh, personally, I'm a little bit lower on them than I, I think Graham and Grant. But, um, but yeah, it, it's a big year for Illinois, big year for John Gross, and we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, but wrapping up, I'm um, Thomas Bendit from BT Powerhouse. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at B-E-I-N-D-I-T, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks.